welcome to my Top 10 Albums Podcast 2021. I'm Kyle Rada, still coming at you from Taipei, Taiwan. I do this podcast every year, ranking my favorite albums, and if you've listened in the past, you know what to expect. If you have not, then, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. So, without further ado, let's dig in. Number 10 on the list this year. The band Modest Mouse with their newest album, The Golden Casket. For over 10 years, Modest Mouse have been firmly cemented as one of my favorite bands. If you're not as familiar, you will know them as the creators of this. Float On came out way back in 2003. That song was the start of their transition from 90s outsiders to borderline mainstream, borderline radio-friendly rockers. And even since then, they've changed a lot, because it's been decades. So on this new album, we get to see what happens when angry young men become angry middle-aged men. Singer Isaac Brock and the guys are now in their mid-40s, and they're a bunch of dads. Brock now has some parental sweetness to go along with his usual snark. I can't wait to see which pants you choose So that you can see animals Far away from the stupid city zoo Cause the sunshine pours out of your mouth and dies This album, The Golden Casket, has some really heavy production on it with Brock originally saying that he wanted to do the whole thing with no guitars. That last part about the guitars didn't happen, but the overall goal was accomplished. Alright, next up, number 9. I have Any Shape You Take, an album by Indigo D'Souza. Indigo D'Souza is one of the most raw singers I've ever heard. I have a well-known disdain for some singers, usually female R&B singers, who do a performative emotion with their voices as a way to show off their range. But D'Souza seems to be authentically feeling every time she sings a lyric. And because of this, sometimes listening to her can make you feel like a wet towel, and someone's taking you and twisting you as hard as possible to try to wring out every last drop. So yeah, some of the songs can be, let's say, emotionally draining. And the album does start to feel like a bit of a bummer through the middle. But 
After you make it through all that, you get rewarded with two of the best and most exuberant songs that came out this whole year. This one is Hold You. And this one is the album closer, Kill Me. Now, it might be weird to describe that second one as exuberant, but I've always been more of a vibe guy than a lyrics guy. All right, number eight. I have the band Typhoon with the album Sympathetic Magic. Earlier in their career, I was such a booster for this band, Typhoon. They had a hipster blend of orchestral-twinged folk music, featuring violins, a horn section, and harmonies. I couldn't figure out why they weren't taking over the world the way Mumford & Sons did. I still remember sharing their early music with my friend Elise back in college, and honestly not being able to comprehend that she didn't like it. But after a really bad, hollow-sounding album in 2018 called Offerings, I actually joined my friend Elise and had given up on the band. So by the time this new album came out, and they'd also announced the cheesy name Sympathetic Magic, I really wasn't excited at all. But I did listen, and surprisingly, the fullness and the richness that I loved were back. This new sound on the album is more tender, more vulnerable, more sympathetic, some might say. The highlight is the song that you just heard, Empire Builder. Now, the name Empire Builder comes from the hilariously grand name of an Amtrak train that runs across the northern plains of the U.S. from Chicago to Seattle. I've actually been on this train. And no, going through endless hours of grass and farms did not make me feel like I was building an empire. But long-distance, medium-fast trains, such as Amtrak, do offer a unique opportunity to one, sit alone with your thoughts, and two, stare out at open landscapes and feel nostalgic. Joe Biden knows this, I know this, and Typhoon knows this. Okay, moving on to number seven. Little Sims with the album Sometimes I Might Be Introvert. Miss Tanzania, she a do or die. Says she wanna know more about the Sukuma tribe. We hit the zoo once wasn't enough. Got a notion full of knowledge, you could scuba dive. Miss Ethiopia can play so jazzy. They sit you down to school, you want Selassie. Tell them you're not in without a woman. No, woman to woman, I just wanna see you glow. Tell them what's up. Back at the end of the summer, there was a moment happening in the rap world. Within just a few days of each other, K-1 
Kanye West and Drake each released albums that dropped like bombs on pop culture. Donda and Certified Loverboy basically took over the zeitgeist for the next couple of weeks. But at the exact same time, female rapper from the UK, Little Sims, quietly put out the best album by far of the three. There's an old-school, back-to-basics feel to a lot of the songs because they're grounded in real instrumentals. Refreshingly, the beats are built on a foundation of percussion and bass. But from there, sometimes they soar into these huge string arrangements. Of a young messiah. I see sinners in a church. I see sinners in a church. Sometimes I might be introvert. There's a war inside. I hear battle cries. Little Sims definitely leveled up on this one. And it seems like she knows it too. Next on the list at number six, the band is Parquet Courts, and the album is Sympathy for Life. Parquet Courts have been my favorite active band for years now. They were actually number one on the list back in 2018 for the masterpiece album Wide Awake. These guys are a quirky, highbrow New York band with a sort of pent-up rage. Well, on this album, they actually made a conscious effort to dial back some of that rage. In interviews, they've talked about not wanting to contribute to toxic masculinity and to play music that no longer encourages moshing at their live shows. This was probably reinforced by the release of the Woodstock 99 documentary this year, which definitely shows the danger of getting a bunch of young men all riled up. So anyway, what we get on this album, Sympathy for Life, is a hodgepodge. Kind of like a Lennon and McCartney kind of thing, the two frontmen, Austin Brown and Andrew Savage, seem to be drifting pretty far apart from each other stylistically. So on Savage's songs you get a toned-down version of the kind of classic parquet court sound. Like an inmate that's finished his time But the Austin Brown songs are what I actually find more interesting here. They're heavily influenced by the band The Talking Heads, and Brown crafts these groovy, textured, danceable songs. No institution. It's time everyone got to work. And no city. It's time everyone got to work. It's community. Yeah, it's a pretty uneven experience, but it is a fun ride. Personally, I miss the anger but I do respect when musicians feel the need to evolve. All right, top five. Next, I have the band Wolf Alice with the album Blue Weekend. Except the image of your open arms calling me. 
Wolf Alice is a British band that have always been really hyped. A lot of articles I seem to read refer to them as either the current or future best band in Britain. I actually liked their first album a lot, which had the hilarious title of My Love is Cool. I couldn't figure that one out. Is the temperature cool? Like, you're really not that in love? Or is the love, like, really cool, dude? I tried not to overthink it. It was a solid debut. But after that, they fell into a trap trying to be badass, hard-edged rockers. I think the singer, Ellie Roselle, sees herself as like a Courtney Love type. But honestly, that's not what she should be doing. Here's a clip from the unlistenable first single off their second album, Yuck Fu. This was the reason my love for the band remained cool and didn't grow to warm. But now, on Blue Weekend, they've matured and they've learned to embrace being sentimental, which has always been their strength. They now find beauty in the quiet moments, which then makes the loud moments actually stand out. Most of the songs are slightly downbeat and a bit moody, but with lush instrumentation that swells up and packs an emotional punch. But does a light shine on you Who are you to ask for anything else The thing you should be asking is for Pretty much all the decisions made here are well thought out without being overthought. Except for one of those dumb noise rock songs that they just had to sneak in there. They couldn't quite help themselves. But at least this one is buried in the middle instead of being the lead single. So are they the best band in Britain? Mm, I don't know about that. But at least now they're justified being in the conversation. Next up, number four. I actually have some more Brits. The band is Black Country New Road and their debut album, For the First Time. So I realized that Black Country New Road make me feel extreme emotions. During my pandemic lockdown in 2020, I was back home with my mom and I stumbled across the single that you just heard called Sunglasses. I remember telling my mom that day, with very little context, that I found a song that completely encapsulates everything I love about music. Fast forward to this year. Their full album dropped. And after my first listen, I sent the Spotify link to my girlfriend, saying, quote, 
I think this might be a masterpiece. Soon after that, I listened again and thought, oh no, is this actually good? Like, did I get suckered here? Will my girlfriend think I'm an idiot? What a time to be alive. Oh, I know where I'm going. It's black country out there. Maybe it's not a masterpiece, but I am willing to accept the good with the bad. I know that some people will think this music is pretentious. And is it pretentious? Well, yeah, definitely. But this music couldn't be made if Black Country New Road were self-conscious about what they were doing. With Abraham and Isaac and all of my greatest days. To give you a little bit of background, they're young, they're a big seven-piece band, and they're trying to fuse post-punk with some kind of string jazz accompaniment. They also experiment in a cool way with song structures. Their songs are never just verse-chorus-verse-chorus. And before I go any further, let's acknowledge the quiver in the singer Isaac Wood's voice. With frail hand, she grips the new triplet. The bite of its blades reminds me of a future that I am in no way part of and in a wall of photographs. It's like he took vocal fry and decided to lengthen that into entire words. If you're like me, it was horribly distracting and annoying the first time you listen. But then it becomes weirdly endearing. He also sounds like he is never having fun. He's just a bottomless pit of emotion, and we hear him falling deeper into an abyss for 41 minutes. But all this being said, I think it's pretty great. My recommendation, if you aren't familiar with Black Country New Road, is to YouTube a song called Track X that they played as nominees for the Mercury Prize. You'll know it's the right one because the singer is wearing a snorkel. (laughs) Seriously. Just embrace it and go along with them for the ride. Moving along, next at number three, I have Tyler, the Creator, with the album, Call Me If You Get Lost. Call me when you get lost! I'ma travel the globe, you keep the block high driver. Open the door for me, my hair hurt, find us. We playing hide and seek with the passports. Where the fuck we at? Oh, the pilot gotta remind us, yeah. The luggage is piling, I need a close to waste. So, Tyler, the creator, used to terrify the shit out of me. He used to do this gruff rapping style that was the scariest, hardest thing I'd ever heard. Fuck her, Wolf Haley robbing him. I'll crash that fucking airplane at that faggot nigga Bob is in and stab Bruno Mars and his goddamn esophagus and won't stop until the cops come in. That was from one of his early mixtapes. Now, this isn't ideal, but before I ever heard that, my gateway into rap was like this. First, Eminem, a white guy rapper. Then, that weird MTV mashup album of Jay-Z and Linkin Park songs. And after that, Kanye West served as a bridge into real hip-hop. But what I was exposed to still felt pretty safe. 
It was sometime in college that I heard some of that early Tyler the Creator stuff. Both me and Tyler were 20 years old at the time. And I thought, Jesus Christ, how had his life experiences led him to create that music at the same time that I bought an electric guitar and was badly playing tabs of Green Day songs? At that time, I was not at all ready to be listening to him. But in the past decade, Tyler and I have both developed a lot. And over the years, we've kind of met in the middle. We off it, we off the boat. Crosshairs to he off, we tee off like we off, we we see off the scope. So I grin, bunny hop, been zoomed in. Ever since I hit 210, other faces with the blue skin, with the green background, don't know how to act now, but I need to like you on my blue skin. His music has softened a lot since then, to the point that he didn't even rap on his previous album. It's like soul R&B. But this year, Call Me If You Get Lost has brought him full circle, using everything he's learned to make the most well-rounded, fully formed version of his music. And he produces all of his own stuff. He's not afraid to mash together genres. And he also does this cool thing where every song on the album transitions and blends right into the next one. Travel the world. Super cool. And that voice you hear throughout... That's DJ Drama. A nostalgic throwback to anyone who ever downloaded free hip-hop mixtapes back in the day. Call Me If You Get Lost is fully realized. And it's probably the most impressive album I heard this year. Along with being one of the best. Okay, next up... Number two album of the year, Japanese Breakfast with Jubilee. Twenty twenty one has been the year of Michelle Zahner. Under the pseudonym Japanese Breakfast, she released this her third album to critical acclaim. She scored the music to a video game called Sable, and she became a published author with her New York Times bestselling book Crying in H Mart, a memoir about losing her Korean mother and processing the loss by learning Korean food recipes. She calls herself Japanese Breakfast. But in fact, she's Korean and not Japanese. Yes, it is confusing. I've loved all the Japanese breakfast albums so far, but I'm not surprised that this was the one that broke into the mainstream. Compared to all the other albums on my list, this one has the most mass appeal. I could see this being played on some of the cooler adult contemporary radio stations, and at the same time, it's been claimed as essential by lots of indie snobs like me. Compared to Parquet Courts earlier, whose mashup of styles made things sound pretty uneven, this one takes so many ideas and meshes them together to make something super cohesive. Just to give you a taste, here she incorporates some strings.
She also throws in some brass and horns, like Beirut or Destroyer do, but much more tastefully than those bands. I also have a personal bias towards this album because the cover shows Michelle Zahner sitting there with a bunch of persimmons just floating around her. Persimmons are a fruit that I didn't even know existed until I moved to Korea. There was one trip in particular where I was riding my bike through Korean countryside and I just engorged myself with wild ones. So, strong recommendation for both the album, Jubilee, and for the fruit, persimmon. All right, we've made it to the end. My number one album of 2021. The band Dry Cleaning with the album New Long Lake. It's a Tokyo bouncy ball. It's an Oslo bouncy ball. It's a Rio de Janeiro bouncy ball. Filter. I love these mighty oaks, don't you? Do everything and feel nothing. Wristband, theme park, scratch card, lanyard. Do everything and It's absurd without being silly. It's ridiculous without being foolish. It's meaningless and at the same time poignant. The genius of this album is that it straddles these lines perfectly. The story of dry cleaning is that they were a band without a singer, and they experimented with a bunch of different people who just didn't click. So in the end, they decided to go with a non-singer. I've been thinking about eating that hot dog for hours. Kiss me, letting you only when we must, whilst someone holds the door. Too much to ask about. So don't ask. Before joining the band, Florence Shaw was a visual artist, and her writing style is similar to making a collage. When she thinks of or encounters something amusing, she writes it down in the Notes app of her phone and figures out a use for it later. These snippets can come from anywhere, including overheard conversations and even the dregs of the internet YouTube comments. The end result is kind of an organized chaos, and you can interpret what you want from it. Either take it at face value, just a funny one-liner or a vignette, or view it as an insight into the human condition. I'm smiling constantly and people constantly step on me. His shadow looms around, a feeling of bees' legs on my face. Safe inside a secret love. Let's run. Maybe it's deeply meaningful, or maybe it's like a horoscope where it has just enough relatability that everyone draws their own meaning from it. Even the cover of this album can be seen as a double meaning. The album is called New Long Leg, 
and the cover shows a shadow of two legs stretching far across the ground because the sun is so low. So, is there not really a new long leg? Is it just an illusion? What's real? What matters at all? Well, I guess that's for us to decide. But dry cleaning will raise the question and just leave it there for you to sit with. You are. So that will do it. Thank you so much for listening. And if anything did pique your interest, please go listen and let me know what you liked. And if any of you have recommendations of your own, let me know that too. I love talking about music and discovering new things. But anyway, take care. Have a great year.